the Lord, everyone. Good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Those of you that are here, we welcome you. Amen. We're thankful uh, for God allowing us to be here. Um, it was touch and go with me most of the day. I um, I had allergies hit me like a Mack truck. I mean, they just about t- took me down. I mean, never had anything as bad. I, I mowed my grass and weeded for the first time at my place, and I got five acres to mow, and I guess that's what did it to me, but I've been having the sinus headaches and all of that stuff, and Cassie says she's been dealing with it all week, and um, but um, I'm thankful for God um, letting us um, be here this evening, praise the Lord, and uh, we are going uh, at this time, to go to God in prayer and open up our service. And, of course, the first thing on the agenda is we need to pray um, for the families, um, the um, school, the church, uh, where all those people were gunned down. Uh, we've been seeing it happen in every other city at school shootings, but now it's at home. This is the first time for us, um, and um, uh, as I watched everything unfold, and it just seemed surreal, um, and um, um, how that the devil can get a hold of somebody, control somebody, and that's definitely demonic. I don't care what you say, it's definitely uh, demonic, but um, let's pray for um, uh uh, the parents of the three nine-year-olds, man, they started showing their pictures, and I, I instantly my mind went to Mason Sunday. We baptized him, 
Some people say, well, you know, you can do something like that too young, but you know what? I believe we've got to get them under the blood as quick as possible. Amen. Um, Lord of mercy, uh, because we are living in the perilous times Paul wrote and told Timothy that would come. Um, and it, it's just a terrible thing. So let's pray for everybody involved in that and pray for God to somehow. I can't imagine sending a, a child off to school or dropping them off, expecting to come pick them up in the afternoon, and they're not. Man, that's so. Uh, let's just pray. This this nation uh, definitely needs God. We need to have an awakening, a revival. And um, evidently, we the church people are not doing what we should be doing because we have the remedy in the book. He said, if my people, which are called by my name, not just anybody, not just people in the world, not even those folks that uh, profess Christianity but don't have the name of Jesus applied to them. He said, and my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then he would hear from heaven and he would heal the land. That's the remedy, folks. So look in the mirror and say, you know, we're, we're part of the problem. We're part of the problem. Look around all the empty seats on church night and you say, we're part of the problem. Hallelujah. Amen. It's the truth anyhow. Um, God help us. Amen. So let's remember um, all of them. Um, I am... Um, as I mentioned, I request your prayers tonight with this uh, mess that I'm dealing with, um, you know, this, these sinuses. And remember, Kessie, she's dealing with it, and there might be others that are dealing with that. This is the time of the year for it. So um, we want to pray for everybody involved with that. Anybody else got a special prayer request here tonight? Yes. Yes, he is, yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You know, you know, for a long time we hear a uh, um, statement made, and and I I made a statement myself that um, well, at least they're in church, but in this world that we're in right now, it's not enough. It's not enough. 
you got to be in a Bible-believing, spirit-filled church, just like Sister Margie said, because that's, the, that's our only hope. That's our only salvation. A dead man-made religion is not going to get nobody nowhere. Amen. And we need to be more bold about that. Do it do it with love, but we need to be more bold because people, I mean, when you have an issue, you got, you got to know um, what you got to do to take care of that issue. Amen. And uh, you got to, it's just not being in any church that calls himself a church. You got to be in a Bible-believing, spirit-filled um, church. In this day we're living in. Anybody else got a prayer request? Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. Yes. 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 Amen. Yes. Yes, our, our children and grandchildren need it. Need it. Very much so. Anybody else? Yes. That's great, but we'll continue to pray. Um, Are there any unspoken requests? Find up with hands. Yes, there are several unspoken requests. Um, we will ask the blessing uh, on our offering tonight as we pray, like we always do as well. Let's all go to God and pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now. We thank you and we praise you for the privilege, God, we have to pray. We know, God, it's a communication with you, and we have that right because the, the veil was torn. And we're able to approach the Holy of Holies. And God, you heard all these prayer requests tonight. We bring them before the throne of grace right now. You've seen every hand raised. Asking you to touch each and every one. And also, God, bless our offering that we will receive tonight. Just bless the gift and the giver. Everything's accomplished with you. The praise and the glory to God. In Jesus' name, let the church say, God bless you tonight as you give. This old song come to my mind that we're going through in this city and all the problems and killings. We got to hold to God's unchanging hand. Amen. Well, time is filled with swift transition.
Thank you, Lord. Well, we're going to be we're going to be wrapping up our uh, study with tonight and possibly the next time that we meet for Bible study. Um, we're coming down to a wind down of what we've been talking about next Wednesday night. It's the first Wednesday night of the month, and it will be what? Prayer time. So we will be praying um, with our monthly prayer uh, next Wednesday, uh, Wednesday night. Hallelujah. Um, we're going to get started, and I'm excited about tonight's lesson because this we're, we're coming to this climax here in a minute. As I said last time, I just, personally, I love this stuff. I mean, um, when Jesus died on the cross, he did more than just pay for our sins. When they beat him with the 39 stripes, he did more than just pay for our healing. And uh, we're going to see some of that stuff tonight, and I hope it, th hope it thrills you and excites you as much as it does me. You know, looking at your handout, uh, I might be calling on some of you to read a time or two tonight. I've got most of the scripture printed out, but we have discussed the place of the parted spirits known as Sheol and Hades. We're talking about the same place there, as you know. Just the Hebrew word uh, is Sheol, and the Greek word that was used in the New Testament, of course, Hades. We have seen that this place is everywhere mentioned as being down or under. And I have brought that out, and we have talked about that. We also have learned that it is divided into two distinct region, regions, and, and you all have to bear with me tonight because this, um, these sinuses are really uh, fighting against me. Uh, with an impassable chasm separating them, when we gave the scriptures, uh, for all of this. Abraham's bosom or side, which is more correctly translated, some of the new translations does not say Abraham's bosom, it says Abraham's side. And that's more to what the original was referring to. It was the region in Sheol where the righteous 
Old Testament saints went unto the death of Christ. Let's take note of the incident when King Saul had a witch or medium conjure up the spirit of Samuel after he died. I felt like it, this would be a good place to interject this, uh, but I don't know how many remember reading or ever studied. You know, uh, King Saul, he messed up big time. And God rejected him for being king. Uh, Samuel, the prophet, was a man who anointed him king. And he stood by Saul's side until God um, rejected Saul because he kept doing so much against uh, what was right. And it came to pass that, that Samuel passed, passed on. And as everybody did in the Old Testament times, his spirit went to Sheol, but he was in the Abraham's bosom side, Abraham's side, uh, is where he was at. And um, I want to read this because I, I want you to follow this. It's 1 Samuel chapter 28. For those of you that may be watching, you can turn to 1 Samuel chapter 28. We're going to read verses 11 and 15. And I've got certain words that's um, in bold text or highlighted that I want you to get a hold of. Then the woman said, now this was uh, the witch of Endor, or medium of Endor. You ought to read on your own that whole 28th chapter. I don't have I didn't have time to put it all in here, but Saul was concerned. He wasn't hearing from God no more, and Samuel was dead. So King Saul went and found this woman, and uh, the woman said, Whom shall I bring up? Notice the phrase, bring up. Not bring down. That's important. Because uh, that's where everybody went until Jesus' time and after he died. Whom shall I bring up for you? And he said, here we go again, bring up Samuel for me. When the woman saw Samuel, she cried out with a loud voice. And the woman spoke to Saul, saying, Why have you deceived me for you are Saul? See, if you read the whole chapter, you'll find that Saul disguised himself uh, not to be seen who he was. Because in the days when he was living right and doing right, he did what, what the um, law of Moses said. He did away with all those witches and mediums and palm readers and all that kind of stuff uh, and had them done away with. And uh, so he had to disguise himself. But when, as we got into this thing, uh, um, she uh, realized who it was that was there. And the king said to her, Do not be afraid. What did you see? And the woman said to Saul, I saw a spirit ascending out of the earth, out of the earth. Uh, most Jewish traditions, don't, uh, don't say so in the Bible, but the Jewish people, their traditions believe that Sheol is somewhere down in uh, in the earth, and that's uh, uh, it's a place made, a cavern made in the earth where uh, 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 these uh, spirits went to. I would uh, let you know that. So uh, she said, I saw a spirit ascending out of the earth. So he said to her, what is his form? And she said, an old man is coming up, and he is covered with a mantle. And Saul perceived that it was Samuel. And he stooped with his face to the ground and bowed down 
Now Samuel said to Saul, notice what Samuel told him. Why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? He was in a place of peace and rest. The original King James uses the word disquieted me. Why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? And Saul answered, I am deeply distressed. For the Philistines make war against me, and God has departed from me and does not answer me anymore, neither by prophets nor by dreams. Therefore I have called you that you may reveal to me what I should do. Uh, again, I hadn't put down the whole story there, but now a lot of people will try to discredit this and say this wasn't really Samuel. That um, it was a it was a demonic spirit uh, imitating Samuel, but there's too much in here uh, that uh, about it that lets me know this was Samuel. And let me say this: this is why Christian people should not mess with any of these spiritualists. Amen. Um, I've known some people in. Pentecostal churches, going to palm readers and paying palm readers. You need to leave that stuff alone. You need to get away from it because that kind of stuff does attract evil spirits. And let me say this. I would say two-thirds, two-thirds of them out there that claim uh, this power are phonies, and they're just there to take a gullible people of their money. But there are a few, such as this woman right here, who has the power through seances to do this kind of thing. But the power she had did not come from God. It come from the devil. What she was able to do came from the devil. And so Samuel said, why have you disquieted me? Why have you disturbed me by bringing me up, Saul? And Saul said, I, I didn't know what to do. You're not around no more. I always went to you. No other prophet can have And I go, I go to the uh, priest. And with the herb and thumbing, and I, I can't get an answer from God. God has quit talking to me, and I need help. Here's and here's the final revelation. Let me know this was Samuel. He said, "Look," and I'm paraphrasing this. You have to go and read it all. He said, "Tomorrow, you're going to be where I'm at." He gave a prophetic word. And by the next day, Saul and his sons both were dead. Amen. And um, so, I added this story in to let you know that even though the body is in the ground buried, the spirit and soul of people are in one or two places. And, and they're conscious. And they know they don't go into non-existence. Uh, Samuel, he was in Abraham's bosom or the side of Abraham, the same place that all Old Testament saints went when they died. Okay, let's talk about Paul's out-of-body experience. For those of you, again, watching, we're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to read the first four verses. 2 Corinthians 12, 1 through 4. Paul said this, It is doubtless not profitable for me to boast. In other words, Paul is saying, it's not a good thing. I, I, I don't mean to boast. I don't want to brag and I don't want to 
boast about nothing. Um, but he, said, he told the people, he said, I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. He said, God uses me this way. And we all know, who know the ministry of Paul, he was a powerful man of God. He said, I'm going to come to visions and revelations of the Lord. He said, I, now he put himself as in the third person category here. He said, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, and he didn't want to come out and say directly it was him, but he's the one he was referring to. About 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know or whether out of the body I do not know, God knows. Such a one was caught up to the third heaven. Now this is, we're getting into the good stuff, I'm thinking about. And I know such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know, God knows, how he was caught up into paradise and heard unexpressible words which is not lawful for man to utter. What's, what's the first thing you notice about this third heaven, paradise? He didn't go down. He was caught up. And that word caught up right there, if you search it out, is the same word called up that we talk about the rapture. Same word. I was caught up to the third heaven. He didn't go down. But he was caught up. And then he says, I'm caught up into paradise. And heard inexpressible words which, was, uh, which is not lawful for man to other. <laughs> this right here, folks, is why Paul didn't have no problem laying his hand on the chopping block a few years later. This is why, according to history, that when they come to get him, to cut off his head, history says he had, a, had soldiers on both sides and he broke loose. But he didn't run away. He ran toward the chopping block and he laid his head on the chopping block. Why? He done been to heaven once. He was ready to go home. <laughs> Glory to God. That um, um, executioner's axe didn't scare him one bit. Mm. Now, let's, let's talk about this. Paul mentioned something in his testimony of a new place never mentioned before in Scripture, and that is the third heaven. This is a new concept. You won't find it nowhere else before Paul's testimony here of what happened to him. And he said he was called up. No, not down as everywhere spoken of before Jesus died. And we're going to get to the change there in a few minutes. This experience was so real to Paul. You ever had a dream that it, it was so real that you could swear it was real? And even when you wake up the next day, I mean, you it was very real. Well, this thing, this experience was so real to Paul, he didn't know whether his whole body, uh, uh, Ronnie, I want you to be getting 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 50, if you don't mind, and just I want you to read it in here in a minute. He didn't know whether his whole body or just his spirit was called up to the third heaven. But we know that flesh and blood can't go there. Amen. It couldn't have been him in his body. Because flesh and blood, your body, the body you got right now, cannot go to heaven. Can't go. Read that 1 Corinthians 15 and 50. Right. right. There you go. 
if you just look at your body, if you just look at it, you're looking at sin. You, the real you, your soul is wrapped around sin. We got it from our mother all the way back to Adam. So, now this thing was so earth-shattering to Paul, he didn't want to say for sure right here, but it was him that made this same statement when he was writing the church in Corinth. In fact, I believe this event took place after he was stoned while on one of his missionary travels. Now, I've added this in, and here, I told you at the beginning, this is, this is my opinion right here. This is, this is what I believe. I, this, I believe this. I mean, I can't, I can't back it up 100%, but this spirit experience where Paul was caught up into the third heaven, I believe, happened on one of his missionary journeys when they stoned him. Acts chapter 14, verses 19 and 20. Now, I've got the Passion Translation here printed in your handout. Let's read it. Some of the Jews who had opposed Paul and Barnabas and Antioch and Iconium arrived and stirred up the crowd against them. There's always going to be somebody stirring up trouble. Layla, Ronnie likes to stir up trouble sometimes with him. I figured. He didn't get that from me, though. He got that from his mom. <laughs> All right, since I've been told I need to repent, I guess we'll move on. Uh, uh, they stoned Paul and dragged his body outside the city and left him for dead. When the believers encircled Paul's body, he miraculously stood up. Paul stood and immediately went back into the city. Again, he didn't run away. He went back into the same city where the people stoned him. The next day, he left with Barnabas and, uh, for Derby. All right. That, that phrase right there that I've got highlighted, that phrase in the Greek, 27 times is used for somebody who's been resurrected from the dead. Miraculously stood up. The same word used in other places in the Bible over somebody who was resurrected from the dead. I submit that when they stoned the apostle Paul, they drug his body out of that city. And it was then and there that he had this out-of-body experience. It was at this time that he was called up into heaven and he saw all this glorious stuff and he heard words being spoken that's not lawful for mortal men to speak. My Lord, think about that. The church in the t town came out and they circumstood around him and no doubt they wouldn't just stand there and look and say, oh, look at that blood. They hadn't been praying. And they prayed until finally his spirit came back. Amen. Uh, and then the next day he went on to Derby. All right. Let's talk about this third heaven. What are we talking about? If you can notice the picture at the bottom of your page, left-hand side of your page, there's a picture there, number one, of planet Earth. And then 
you see the word first heaven. The first heaven is uh, the atmosphere around us. That part that we breathe that birds fly in. That's the first heaven. You look up on a beautiful day like we had today. Um, beautiful blue skies. That's the first heaven. The second heaven goes beyond that to our solar system where the planets are, uh, the galaxies. And we know, we know that these galaxies, some of them are several million light years away from us. I mean, it is way out there. That's uh, the second heaven. The third heaven is beyond that. And it's where the paradise of God is. Let's turn to the back. Third heaven, paradise. Um, I need somebody to find me Luke 22 and 42 here in a minute. Paul, in his own words, when talking of the third heaven as a realm of where paradise is, paradise was not something first mentioned here in the Bible. The thief on the cross asked Jesus, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Luke 22, 42, somebody read that. I must I must put put the wrong reference there. Luke twenty two and forty two. I must have messed up there. Uh, I told I told Sister Darlene. I said I hope I don't mess up because man, I was having trouble thinking. Uh, I was battling the allergy a whole lot more than I am right now. So that that script anyway, it's supposed to be about um, Jesus on the cross and one of the thieves. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, remember me. Now, notice, notice, Jesus does not reply, you will be with me in my kingdom or even in Hades, where all the righteous spirits went before Jesus died. But he replied, Today, you will be with me in paradise. The thief died under Old Testament law. And by the way, let me stop right here and add something else. That's why when you try to talk to somebody about the importance of baptism and your salvation, Nearly always, they want to bring up the thief on the cross. Well, he went to heaven. Jesus said, today you're going to be me in paradise, and he wasn't baptized. Yeah, ain't no argument there. But neither was nobody in the Old Testament. But yet they made it because they followed the law. Until Jesus drew his last breath, they were still under old covenant rule. He didn't have to be baptized. Amen. Uh, and please, everybody needs to get that and understand that and get it into your mind if somebody ever um, asks you about water baptism because water baptism is important for your salvation. Jesus told Nicodemus, unless you are born of the water and the spirit, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Amen. So, the thief died under the Old Testament law. So what happened to Sheol or Hades, either one? 
because Jesus emptied the place in Hades as Abraham's bosom and brought them all to paradise. Hallelujah. The only ones left in Hades, amen, is those who died lost. Jesus was doing something, showing again he was more than just a man. His body may have been in that tomb, but he was busy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to God. He did more. He did more than just pay for your sins. He did something great. He gave you a good gift. Listen to this. Christ's descent into Hades. If you fully understand the total mission of Jesus, he came not only to pay the price for our sins, but to uh, set the captive free. And that includes the captive souls in Hades who weren't in torment and yet not in the heavenly realm of paradise. They was down somewhere under. Amen. When he came to set the captive free, it's not just talking about setting people captive that's captive in sin. And I'm going to give you the scripture. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 8 through 10. Therefore, he says, follow this. I'm going to read it slow. Follow with me. When he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this, he ascended. What does it mean but that he also first, first, Descended down, come on somebody, hallelujah, first descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens, all far above the first heaven and the second heaven, hallelujah, that he might fill all things. Now let's read that same verse in the Passion Translation. This is why he says, he ascends into the heavenly heights, taking his many captive ones with them. Get this now. He has descended. He had busted down the doors of hell, of Hades, marched right in there, stole, took away the keys that the devil had because those people had no way out, no escape. Even the righteous, they did not have any kind of hope. Hmm. Glory to God, this man, this is such a far in my soul. Hallelujah. He first descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is also, um, I'm, I'm lost my pleasure. I'm getting beside myself. Um, he ascends into the heavenly heights, taking his many captive ones with him. See, he took, he led captivity captive, it said. Those in captivity in Hades, he led them out. They was considered captive. But Jesus got the keys that unlocks the door. And they were no longer captive. Hallelujah to God. He brought them all out. Amen. All, all the way back, Abraham, Moses, all the patriarchs, all those Samuel and all of Everyone that we read about, he busted into Hades and split it wide open. He brought those captive souls and spirits out of that place, bringing him with him when he ascended back and gifts were given to men. That's the gift 
right there, not, not the Holy Ghost, not, not the nine spiritual gifts, but think about you being down under somewhere, even though you're not in, in, in pain and though you're not tortured, you're in rest, you're in peaceful rest, but you don't have no way out and you don't have no hope because it was Jesus who brought the hope of the resurrection. And he went down, he descended up. He looked around at all of them, hallelujah, Jacob, Moses, and Elijah, and Elisha, and each, all, each and every one of them. He said, time to go home, boys, let's go. He gathered them up, amen, come out of having the keys of death, hell, and the grave with him. Glory to God, and he led them to paradise. And from that day to this, from that day to this, every man, woman, boy, and girl, when your spirit leaves your body, does not go to Sheol, does not go to Hades, but you go to paradise to be in the presence of the Lord. Because Apostle Paul, and he went there once already before he said that, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That ought to make you shout and rejoice. Hallelujah. Not still not to find a resting place because that, that's not the holy city in New Jerusalem. Because later on, if you read in Revelation, John said, I saw that holy city coming out of heaven. The city is in heaven, but paradise is also there, and that's where they are waiting in Jesus' presence because later on, when it talks about Jesus returning, it talks about the armies of heaven coming with him. He ain't talking about angels. He's talking about us. Hallelujah. He's going, and there's other places that makes it plain. It says he's, he's going to bring the saints with him. And how can he do that? Because they're there right now in paradise. So, when I spent these few weeks, I, I'm going to have one more study on this to wipe some things up um, but uh, to answer the question where what happens to us in between the death of our body and the resurrection uh, when Jesus Christ comes you're going to be in paradise you're going to be in the third heaven you're going to be where Apostle Paul said to be absent from your body is to be present with the Lord. Hallelujah. That's why Paul was able to say, that's why Paul was able to say, he said, I'm in, he's in one place, he said, he said, I'm in a conundrum here. And I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, he didn't use the word conundrum. He said, but I'm in a, he said, I, he said, I've got a desire to depart and to go on, which for me is far better. But for you, it's a benefit that I stay. Hallelujah. 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 I love, I love all of y'all. But when God says, I've completed my mission, what he's called me to do on this earth. I'm ready to go home. Hallelujah. I want to see him. I want to bow down before him. Hallelujah. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Grave, where is thy victory? Glory. So Jesus was working in the heart of the earth while his body was laying in the temple. And he was freeing those souls that were captive 
there was no way out for them until he took the keys away. He brought them out. Amen. Everybody stand together. I just got, I'll have to quit. Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, we come tonight. I want to thank you. We're in that Easter season. and I want to thank you for what you have done for us. The suffering, the pain. You not only paid for my sins, but you made a way that I can have eternal life. It's not something I'm going to get later. I've got it right now. And if I, if, if my spirit leaves my body before you come back to rapture us away, I know where I'm going. I know where my spirit will be. And it's where I long to be with you. Bless each and every one that's here tonight. I pray that everybody that hears this message will get a fire burning in their soul. Get excited to see, understand what you did for them at Calvary and even while your body was in the tomb. Keep everybody safe on the road until it's time to come again. In Jesus' name, let the church say, God bless you. We love you in the Lord.